Hello, and welcome to the Moving Stevens Point Forward podcast, a podcast focused on the community of Stevens Point in central Wisconsin. Your host, John Yeager, will discuss the amenities, community events, businesses, and groups that make central Wisconsin unique. Thanks for listening, and be sure to spread the word about our podcast. And now, on to today's show. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. This is John with Point Forward Physical Therapy. And today I have Lindsay Coy of the UWSP women's volleyball team. So welcome, Lindsay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be a part of this. Cool. Well, thanks for being on. So tell me about your history. How did you come to be the volleyball coach at UWSP? (laughs) Yeah, life is crazy, right? Um, So I I grew up in a suburb of Chicago. I um, Kind of a fun fact, I grew up around coaches my whole life. Um, my dad uh, is a mentor and role model of mine. He was a head high school football coach growing up. Um, he actually was the head coach at the high school I attended. So that was an interesting experience as a coach's daughter, so to speak, of a high school football team. So um, so I grew up watching him, watching my uncle is also a head high school football coach. I have another uncle who coached high school baseball. So that area was always an interest of me growing up as a kid and just seeing my dad really build relationships with his athletes and love for the sport of football. I I really latched on to that type of um, environment and I wanted to be a coach because of my dad. So here we are, 2022. Um, Never thought I would be a, a college head coach. I was originally going to the path of the high school route um, and here we are in central Wisconsin, which growing up in a suburb of Chicago, I never heard of Stevens Point. So again, life is really funny sometimes, uh, the journey of a kind of a full circle. But um, volleyball was a passion of mine as a kid. My, my parents never played, but I, I kind of latched on because my friends played the sport. I thought it was cool because friends were doing it and grew for the love of the game and played college volleyball and um, just couldn't hang up that hat yet. So found a different role as a coach. <laughs> would rather be a player, um, miss those days, but uh, I still get to be involved somehow as a head coach. Do you still play? Not my, not a ton anymore. I will off and on. I, I get my fix being a coach. I get my volleyball fix coaching. So I try to join other hobbies besides volleyball 24-7 in my life. So, so with the coaching so prevalent in your mm-hmm sphere, if you will, when you were younger, was that something you looked at and said, wow, I want to do that? Or was it something that you just kind of worked your way into? You know, not at first, because again, my dad was gone all the time. I mean, I give a ton of credit to my mom of being a coach's wife. And so at first it wasn't, gosh, I want to do that right away. Cause I, I never saw my dad. I mean, he did a great job as a father, but it was, he was committed to being the great head coach he could be. But as I got older and found my passion with volleyball, I really thought that could be an awesome opportunity for myself. And kind of like I said, I just wasn't ready to hang up that hat as an athlete and really close the book on volleyball. Um, so that was kind of my calling of, hey, here's an opportunity, whether it's high school, whether it's college. When I was graduating college at 2020, um, excuse me, at the age of 22, I um, really was passionate to continue that that sport, however that looked. So do you think, I mean, did you do any other sports when you were younger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I, uh, I'm all about the three sport athletes at the high school level. I think it's good to branch and do different sports. I was involved in basketball, wasn't a great basketball player. Uh, I did track and obviously I played volleyball. So tried sure. to be involved 
as much as possible. And do you think the, all three of those shaped who you are or do you think primarily volleyball? Oh, gosh. All three. All okay. three in different ways. I mean, you look at volleyball and track. I mean, volleyball is a true team sport. Track is more that individual sport. And I think I can pull, as I reflect today, different um, lessons from each one of those sports. But at the end, volleyball was the one that stuck out to me. And I, I love the team aspect of volleyball. And I think that that has definitely kind of been my niche ever since I was young. So what do you think now that you're coaching, what do you think is your most important accomplishment, either that you've achieved or that you're working towards? What yeah. do you think is that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, honestly, I, I just think, so I got this head coaching job at Stevens Point at age 27. And I think everybody can say in life, you're never ready for something. So I, I was almost contemplating not taking this position because I didn't think I was ready to lead at 27 years old, but I decided to jump into it. Um, so that that's a huge accomplishment for me. I'm really proud of where I am now. I'm really proud of our program and being able to say I'm a Division Three head coach and arguably the toughest conference in the country in the Division Three worlds. But I think also, since I've been in this chair for five years now, I've really gained a ton of relationships with my former athletes. Like this past summer, I was, I was invited to two of my former player weddings. You know, I think that means so much to me and that's, that's what it's all about. You know, Mm -hmm. obviously I, I would be lying to you if I say I didn't want to (laughs) win. I'm extremely competitive and that's why I'm a coach, but uh, I'm a big relationship person. And I think being able to go through four years with athletes and still chat with some today I think that's pretty meaningful to me. So does that form like your philosophy and your approach to the game and Yeah, absolutely. How you handle it? Yeah. I you know, again, I'm I'm one of those people that I, I think my players would say I'm a great listener. I like to care for them. Um, I am gonna be there for them in life. I think that's the cool part of being a college head coach because I'm involved in their life a lot more than maybe say at the high school level. Um, so yeah, my philosophy is at the end of the day, I'm going to push you to hopefully be the best athlete you could be in your four-year career. But at the same time, I I hope that I'm giving them a great experience and maybe helping them grow as a person and as a teammate. I'm, I'm a big believer in in that aspect of coaching, not just the X's and O's, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say I spend a lot of time on building relationships with my players, however that looks whether it's talks in the office, giving them advice, just listening to them. Um, and I think that correlates to the respect, the the level of buy-in I have, because I, you know, again, try and show that I genuinely care for my players as people, not necessarily just view them as athletes. So with the listening and and, mm-hmm. and basically sitting with your players and, and walking with them, yeah. if that would work as mm-hmm. a phrase – is that something you witnessed or is that something that you've kind of developed on your own? Uh, good question. You know, I as I reflect, I, I had a unique and challenging experience as a college athlete myself. I, you know, I wish I could say I chat with my college coaches today, but I don't. But I think you learn what to do and what not to do in different situations. And mm-hmm. you could pull lessons to whatever situation you're in. And so for me, I think I learned those lessons from my dad. Um, and watching him now he was in a different setting at the high school level but I mean he had players over at our house he helped us move their players helped us move Um, you know team dinners I mean it was just a unique relationship he had with his athletes that I think I 
pulled that from my dad because he was able to get the best out of them because those guys knew that my dad cared about them. Okay. So looping down a little bit, mm-hmm. right, bringing this – for families that are looking at volleyball for their, their children, I know you mentioned that you really feel like three sports is a good thing. Yeah. But, um, what – how would you recommend that kids get involved in volleyball? Yeah, I – again, I like I said, I'm going to preach joining a ton of activities, get involved in not just volleyball – Um, but I would say, you know, there's local clubs in the area. Um, there's Wisconsin ice, there's one Wisconsin, um, the middle schools do a great job here. The high school does a great job here. Um, but also if you, if you're really passionate about it, there's opportunities for camp opportunities, or like I said, the club setting. So I think if, if someone's really passionate about volleyball, I think our area does a great job and is continuing to grow the sport. I mean, kind of a fun fact, volleyball is one of the highest girls sports in the country. I mean, there are more and more girls today um, than there ever was playing volleyball. Um, So it's become really fast growing and really exciting to watch. I mean, I don't know if you watch Division One Wisconsin, right? They just won a national championship. And um, so it's going to be cool what what the future holds with that. But um, join clubs, join your school teams, go to summer camps, I think just try to invest in any opportunities that this kind of town gives gives you. What do you look for? Like, what is the ultimate player mm-hmm. when you finally get your ability to yeah. work with those people? Yeah, gosh, a lot of things, a lot of things. Um, obviously, talent. I would be lying if I didn't say I don't look at talent. Um, but also, I'm a big believer in, is that athlete going to be a team player? You know, you look for people that are going to add to your culture, not take anything away. And so, you know, as that person has a great attitude, are they coachable? Are they, you know, bringing energy? Are they having great body language? Maybe their coach pulls them. How are they reacting on the bench? Those, those intangible skills are extremely important to me. Um, Cause obviously I'm bringing people along in this type of program. I get to be selective as a college coach, which I think is pretty special, of, hey, who's going to add to our culture and not take anything away? So it's hard to find those things. I really strive to, again, build relationships with our recruits and ask them in-depth questions about who they are and kind of what they're looking for and what they envision or who they are as a person. Um, and then, you know, you call references. You'll call their coaches and, hey, give me give me your take on this athlete. How are they for you? Um, and try and make the best decision as possible as the as the head coach in charge. So, so if you had to pin down, like, what's more important to you, the skill set or the ability of that athlete to adapt and show mm-hmm. potential? Mm-hmm. I would say um, the ability to adapt and show potential. I think I, I'm a big believer in anybody can learn, anybody can grow. Obviously, if they're willing to, um, but I think you're going to be able to minimize negative drama, so to speak, if that athlete is adaptable, if that athlete is willing to put in the work and grow. I think I'd rather have that kid than someone who's a stud in the gym Mm -hmm. and maybe causing problems off the court, so to speak. So when, when you guys went through the COVID season, I mean, that was the ultimate probably in adapting. Yes. <laughs> How did you feel your team? I mean, I don't honestly, I'm sad to say I don't know what the record was or what no, happened. We didn't with have you guys. a season. So. You didn't. Okay. <laughs> no. How no. did your team fare through that? 
it was tough. I, you know, I'm going to be honest. It was, it was tough. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of questioning on what's going on in the world. I think everybody can agree mm-hmm. to that statement. Mm-hmm. Um, but adapt, it's funny you say adaptability. That was one of our key words that we decided to really focus on of, hey, this is presented. This is an uncontrollable. How are you going to respond to this situation and what can you control? So we really had some great conversations about, hey, we can't control what's going on in the world. This is what we can control. And we're going to try our best to focus on that. And, you know, we had our good days. We had our off days. We had our emotional days. But um, I think that was a huge opportunity for us to grow, again, relationships, whether that was Zoom calls or FaceTime or texting, because, again, we couldn't really be together during mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. But I think we were able to step back, maybe spend a little bit more time on ourselves with self-care or however that looked and um, just spend time with each other rather than, you know, you're, you're on the daily grind of, hey, you're going to put some things in the back burner because you got a lot going on in life. I think it was good for us. Life slowed down a little bit in a good way. <laughs> um, I'm glad we're back, but sure. I, I really think it propelled us into our last fall season um, relationship-wise. Okay. So I do want to talk a minute, let's shift again here a little bit into the academic side. So kids coming out of high school, well, athletes will mm-hmm. go there. Um, they come in and they go from, you know, where their athletics may be impinged, like there was maybe a little bit of difficulty completing everything that's demanded of them mm-hmm. to your setting where that's a whole new level of challenge. Yeah. It's doable. Kids do, athletes do it all the time. Mm-hmm. What kinds of things do you do to help that transition and yeah. continue to do to help your athletes? Yeah, it, you're right. It's tough. I think the elite, the elite people are those college athletes that are full-time students, full-time athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we'll have conversations about, we'll talk about time management. What does that look like for you? You know, I think I was laughing. All my players said every single one of them have a planner. <laughs> Step one, right, of writing things down and being extremely organized. Uh, we do study hall, you know, two hours a week. And that's not meant to be a burden on them. It's just meant to, hey, let's set aside time to just focus on school. And we'll chat with them. Hey, how's academics going? Are you going to class? Uh, bus trips, if we have a trip to, say, River Falls, that's about three hours for us. We'll do homework on the bus. We're very fortunate to bring coach buses so those kids have their laptops, their books. I mean, a lot of them want to sleep during that three-hour time, but you can get a lot done in three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think I credit our level of Division three. It is, in my opinion, the ultimate balance of student to athlete. You know, we're, we definitely have a higher level of commitment than that high school level. But that second semester for us in our sport, a lot of our players pick up a job, you know, join a a club or organization, go home on a weekend, have a personal life. Um, It's not volleyball 24-7 all year round where, say, maybe those higher divisions are a little bit more like that. So it's do you want to have volleyball be your college experience or do you want to have volleyball, academics, personal life? pick up a job, do you want that to be your college experience? And so that athlete has to kind of think about what what do they want out of their college years? You know, is it volleyball in school, like I said, or is it just volleyball? And so for us, the Division three model, I think, sets up success to, to balance both. And do you guys have tutors as well that come in? Our volleyball program does not, but the university, I think, does a great job of having a tutor learning, learning center where okay. athletes and students can go. 
hey, I need help with math. Hey, I need, hey, can you read my paper? Um, so there's a ton of opportunities that Stevens Point does a great job for that. I tell them, hey, I can't help you with science. Go to that TLC um, if they need help with that. So so as a coach, like when, as you're coming along these players, do you have a, a like a read on how their academic life is going as well? Yeah, yeah. We, we talk about it probably all the time. Okay. Um, you know, and again, I think that goes back to kind of my whole philosophy of building that relationship so those athletes feel comfortable coming up to me and say, coach, I'm struggling. Because that's a vulnerable state for some people that I'm not doing well in school, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm a big believer in we sit down and, hey, give me the good, the bad, the ugly, because my assistant and I are resources to help that athlete. Okay. You know, at that college level, we're a huge part of their life or like to be. And so we want to be resources for that athlete or, you know, if you're struggling, let us know because we're here to help you in that process. And it's okay. Everybody, college is more difficult. So um, we, we like to have those vulnerable conversations about, hey, how's classes going? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm looking for an athlete that's self-motivated to go to class. You know, I shouldn't be the one, hey, get up, go to class. They, they should have that quality in our program that they are disciplined enough to, hey, you're on your own in college and you got to go to class and nobody's going to wake you up, you know, anymore and, mm-hmm. and go. So, yeah. So what is your favorite story with your players or just as your coaching experience has, has transpired? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite thing that you've had happen? Gosh, uh, there's a lot. The one that comes to my mind immediately, I, in 2019, right before COVID hit, um, our program um, kind of turned the needle a little bit, and we advanced to the Sweet 16, and we won our conference tournament championship against a, a, a rival, Whitewater. Um, so I think that moment for me in my shoes, it was just the pure joy of our players and, and our staff that, you know, you put so much work into something. It, it's truly your... Um, whatever you're trying to build, you put so much work into it and then you see it kind of come to life and you see the success at work after work that you do. And so that was that moment of just pure celebration and joy of accomplishing something like that when it's extremely hard to do. Um, But I think I go back to, too, it's I've had players in our program that didn't play until their senior year. And that those kids, those athletes I think are so special because those guys waited it out and worked their butt off to get to that point and found their way in the lineup their senior year. So they sat the bench for three years. I've had two players recently this past season finally find that role that they've been searching for and they never gave up. They were team captains for us. So that was a cool thing Mm -hmm. to experience that we had some tough conversations, you know, along the way they, they wanted to quit. They wanted to give up, but they didn't. And they, they were huge contributors this past fall. We made it to the NCAA tournament this past fall, and they were huge pieces to that puzzle. And just think, if they would have, were to quit a couple years ago, you know, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have been where who we who we are or where we were without them. Is that something for you? Was that a role shift that you had to help them through, mm-hmm. where they envisioned themselves mm-hmm. doing one thing and the yeah. team needed needed something else? Yeah, and those are hard conversations. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody wants to play, everybody wants their way, um, but you know, in our chair, I think it's it's striving to be as honest as possible and really solidify. Hey, this is where I see you now. 
do X and O, and this is where I project to see you potentially fitting in 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 the future. But at the same time, it's also what those women put in, Mm -hmm. you know, and they decided to put in the extra work to get better. I think that for some people it motivates you or it completely demolishes you and then you quit. You know, you have two different people in Mm -hmm. life and those two ladies didn't quit and worked even harder to accomplish a higher role than than uh, what they thought they would. So that that's a cool success story for me. Probably one of my top ones. So you mentioned that the conference that you're in is particularly challenging. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that and why yeah. that is? Yeah. I mean, credit uh, Eau Claire just won a national championship and they're in our conference this past fall. So they're actually coming to our home gym here in October. So we're excited to see them. But uh, yeah, I think since I've been here since 2015, our conference, which is made up of eight schools, including us, uh, we've had an average of three schools in our conference ranked in the top 25 in the country for women's volleyball. So that could give you a little bit of a perspective of any given night when we play matches on Wednesday nights against our conference opponents, that it's going to be a dogfight. And Mm -hmm. the team that's ranked first or the team that's ranked eighth, any given night, anybody can beat anybody, which is exciting, fun, stressful on my end. Um, But it propels us and it challenges us in a way. And I think it helps us um, come postseason because we've been day in and day out been challenged. And I believe that's the only way you get better. So it's a dogfight. It's it's a very prestigious conference, especially for women's volleyball. And, uh, you know, sometimes Division three gets a bad rap, but it's it's really good volleyball. I mean, the fact that Eau Claire won a national championship couple hours just north of us speaks volumes for our conference. Yeah. And I think, I I mean, my experience is, is different, but when I went away to school and I won't even pick on the sports, but I went to see a semi-professional game in a different city and realized that the actual division three games that I was going to hear and point were every good bit as mm-hmm. good, if not better and more fun. I mean, yes. I always, I, I always fall back on that experience in life, like, and tell anybody that'll listen, like, don't travel mm-hmm. when you've got it right here. Yeah. It, it, it really, you can see some great, great players and some phenomenal athletes. Oh my gosh! I mean, our baseball team made it to the World Series right. this year. Exactly. I, it's been, it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and our community, I think, does an outstanding job of rallying Pointer Athletics. That's there's there's no place I could think of right now where they don't have that much of a community support like we do. It's pretty incredible. And I think for us, speaking volleyball, that sport is growing, kind of what I mentioned, and more people are realizing it's a really fun sport to watch. So it's cool to see community members will come up to myself and my staff and say, gosh, this is awesome. You know, and I've never met them in my life, but I think that's that's pretty cool. And I try mm-hmm. and sell that to our recruits that, hey, you're you're joining a family, but you're joining a community that rallies our, our athletic department, which is really unique. So what does your schedule look like for this year? Is it going to be a pretty tough run? It is. It is. I Again, I try um, from my end to schedule extremely tough because I think that's the only way we're going to get better. So um, yeah, we, we have, I think, gosh, 11 home games, which we're really excited about right in Berg Gym here. And then we we are opening weekend is Labor Day weekend. We travel to Northwestern St. Paul and um, play them. They were a NCAA team this year and um, bring up some really talented uh, Illinois schools to our home gym. So 
I can't think of one easy game that we have, um, which is good. Again, that's I'm telling myself that's exactly what we need, and I think our players thrive on that too. So, yeah, we, we start September, and we go through that month of, of November for women's volleyball. So what is your, with everything you've got ahead of you, with the conference and everything, what are your goals for the team this year? Uh, yeah, you know, we... We had a great season last year coming out of COVID. Um, we, we practically return almost everybody, um, which is really exciting for us. I, we've got some talented sophomores that found their way into the lineup as a freshman. Um, we have a, a fifth year, our starting libero decide to, decided to come back. That's kind of the whole COVID waiver thing that those athletes that got um, were in 2020 have a, another season if mm-hmm. they so choose. So she's coming back. We're pumped about that. Uh, we should be better. <laughs> we should be better. And I, I don't like to say that all the time because I'm a little superstitious at times, but um, we got most of our returners back. So they, I think they're hungry and motivated to hopefully propel even further than what we did in 2021. Very cool. So with volleyball, where do you see the future of it, either for you or just mm-hmm. volleyball as a whole? Yeah, it's it's an exciting time for women's volleyball. I, like I said, it's um, extremely fast growing. Like I said, it's the one of the top girls' sports in high school right now. Um, and I think you even look at watching the Badgers. I mean, they sell out day in and day night in that field house and I really believe this sport, especially at that Division One highest level, could be a rev- revenue-generating sport like men's football and men's basketball are. I really believe that. It could take a couple of years here still, but um, I think it's going to keep growing. And I think women and girls are realizing it's a fun sport. Um, it's a sport where it's, in my opinion, it's the ultimate team sport. You can't do something without somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's exciting to, to be a part of a, a change and growth. And I think the, the men's side of volleyball is growing too. I think more and more universities, more and more high schools are adding men's volleyball. There's been a huge interest in that. And so I'm optimistic for our future. I really think it, we could we could make some noise in this sport, I think. So you had said your first game is in the Berg gym. When mm-hmm. do you know when that actually is? Gosh, I, I want to say September uh, 11th, 10th or 11th. It's a Saturday afternoon. Uh, fun fact that whole Berg gym floor is uh, redesigned. So we're excited to be the first team to compete on that new designed floor right in Berg gym there. So um, yeah, Berg gym, we, we get a ton of fans are extremely fortunate. So uh, it's fun to play. It's fun is to that play something that, that you'd need to get tickets for ahead of time, or can you just walk in? You can get them at the door. Okay. Yeah, you can get them at the door. Otherwise, I believe we sell them online. Okay. Um, but we have uh, a ton of a ton of people that buy those at the door. Okay. So September tenth, September tenth so. yeah. or eleventh, and then <laughs> yeah. right at the Berg Gym. Yeah. Is there anything else we should? throw up before we wrap this up no i again come watch us play i this community has been amazing and i think you'll be surprised how fun women's volleyball is to watch and um we're, we're excited to get started with our team here august 19th they report so we're gearing up for for fall sports awesome all right well thanks so much for being on with us Lindsay. it's been really really cool thank you appreciate it 
Today's show is brought to you by Point Forward Physical Therapy. Please share our podcast with your friends. If you'd like to schedule a time to meet with a physical therapist for a free injury screening, call us at 715-254-3978.